3: Hi everybody and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne. I'm joined by John Brazier. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year to you. I can't even say it. Happy <laughs> New Year to you, Tom. You're, you're choked
0: up. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's just out of practice. Although we, we did one two weeks ago, so it's yeah. not like we're out of practice. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? This week we have somebody who's, who basically made his Major League debut the same year I made my Major League debut. One was on the field, one was in the yeah, office, yeah. so it's a little different. <laughs> but we got Mike Lieberthal. What's up, Levy?
1: Yeah, what's up, boys? We that's can almost right. say we grew up together,
0: right? 1994? Mm, you and, that, and that's when Tom time. became... We
1: look a little different
0: now. We do look a little different. And Tom also was the first year of being the, 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 the real best friend of the Fanatic that's right. in 1994. it's yeah, so. a big
3: year in 94 for yeah. all of us. Wow. Great year. Right and
0: 2022 okay. is also a big year for Mike Lieberthal because in two weeks you're joining our club <laughs>
1: Yeah, we joined a while ago oh yeah it's gonna oh, be a big party here big five
0: zero. you ready for that
1: wow i mean it's just a number right i mean it is a number it's, a day, but, you're, but you're a supposed ma- to remember the you know the big ones.
0: yeah well just stay immature like tom and i and you're, you're good to go <laughs> right yeah you're, oh, you're only young right
3: once you're only young once but you can be immature forever mike i well, hear you <laughs> uh Hey, did we pull – I mean, we know that you've been doing a lot of golfing. We really appreciate you taking the time uh, off the golf course today. I haven't done
1: any golfing in December. Is that true? December. I wh- just started wh- back. Oh. Huh. Why is that? Well, December is the craziest month. I actually hate it. I mean, with three kids, three boys, mm-hmm. it's just the holidays, the, you know, the presents. The, I, mean, I mean, they're still young to where, you know, you are got to do the elf on the shelf. you got to – I mean, it's just a mess Really, in Southern California, it's been horrible weather in December. Yeah. Now, how old?
0: The you oldest know, is in how 40,
1: old? 40s, raining every day. Oh. But now it's good.
0: Mike, how old's the oldest? 13. Thir- wow, okay. So it's close. He's to- already had the voice change, and
1: yeah. Yeah. It's a little different now.
0: All right. Huh. 13,
1: well, 11, and 9.
0: Now, have video games stopped? Because I know uh, we often talked about you had the perfect life. You would basically would uh, play video games. You'd work out. You'd play golf, and you come back
1: home. Exactly, John. You have no idea these video games now. Are. The two younger ones are just Fortnite fiends. They all have their monitors, their PlayStation. Now my thirteen-year-old, I had to get him a a computer, a PC, because now he's going to play on PC. So it's just Call of Duty, Fortnite. It's just crazy. Everybody has their headphones on. And they, so, yeah, that hasn't really stopped.
0: Do they follow like the gamers? Like, are they?
1: You know, they- oh, yeah. My 13-year-old is like a pro. Unbelievable. That's why he had to go to PC, so it just runs after. But, yeah, he's got like the mic. He's like streaming himself now. It's just crazy.
0: Hey, you know, colleges are giving scholarships now for yeah, you you know, these eSports. So maybe you got something on your hands right there.
1: Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's one avenue. If he doesn't make it in sports, there you go.
0: Now, also speaking of golf, because uh, you know, Tom brought it up, uh, was it only a couple years ago where you won your club? Now, you're out in L.A., L.A. suburbs. You won your, your club championship, right? And then I, if I remember correctly, right. you dove into a pond to celebrate.
1: Yeah, it was a two-foot pond, so basically I <laughs> dove into mud. And no, I don't think anybody's got a um, And I did it, and I had nothing to wear because I was just covered in mud, and all I had was from halloween is a captain america outfit that was in my locker from uh you know a halloween you know game that we had so i had to put on my captain america outfit and take picture with the trophy it was was pretty fun i don't think i'd be repeated
2: wow that's
3: tremendous are you not used to winning or something like you were so surprised you were winning you were jumping in ponds and dressing as captain america was it that much of a shock to you
1: it, was, it wasn't very professional because the guy, we both beat bogeys. I was ahead by a stroke, so if he made the car, I would have gone heck He missed the putt. I just went down on my knees, didn't even shake his hand, and just jumped in the lake.
3: <laughs>
0: so the sportsmanship wasn't exactly stellar <laughs> yeah. either
1: right there. You're
2: right.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, how are the courses out there, Mike? I mean, obviously, you know, Pebble Beach, you think of that, but you're Southern California. I mean, I always think in Philadelphia, and, and you can, you know, I have your opinions too, but I, I just think the courses here are just so classic in Philly. You know, some of the old classic courses, oh, with the Philly, big trees,
1: unbelievable courses. I'm just lucky I was able to play a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, how,
3: how does it compare? Perry, to Plain?
1: Ironomy, oh, sure. Pine Valley. It's just you know Philly Country Club. It's yeah, but it's the same here. I'm telling you, there's Riviera, LA Country Club, Bel Air Country Club. Mm-hmm. There, and there's like I mean, you could count ten courses within you know, fifty mile radius that are just unbelievable here. So it is definitely the golf mecca here. What is, what is obviously f- you just travel up north through you know Monterey and you have all that. Oh yeah, Pebble Beach there. and all that
0: spyglass. What what is your favorite yeah. golf course you've ever played on?
1: Oh God, I love Monterey. Um hmm. probably I would, I would probably just say Pebble. Yeah. Because hmm. of the history
3: and you mentioned History, you mentioned playing the Philly courses like it's kind of legendary the the Atlanta Braves uh Maddox and Smoltz, Smoltz yeah. and Glavin, Glavin and you know every time they were on the road they would go to a town and they'd get their tea time wherever they were did did you do that when you were a player
1: oh never i mean players i mean unless you're a pitcher that pitches you know once every five days they have yeah. time to play golf and they're not worried about getting hurt mean, as far as position there's no chance i mean you know, my days were on the couch, you know, on the off days, you know, once a week or once every two weeks, but yeah, you don't want to get hurt, I mean, out there on the course, yeah. it could happen, mm. so it's not it's not really worth it, but that's what the off seasons were for, but now that, you know, in retirement, it's the only thing that really keeps me competitive, which I love, I love practicing, and, you know, and it's not, not really an injury-prone sport when you're in a cart with a cocktail, and <laughs> pretty uh pretty relaxing ah, that's the life all right well, <laughs>
0: well let's go into the competition when you were younger so here you are you grew up out in uh, la area and your dad was a scout i guess at that time for the tigers right i know he's worked for giants tigers maybe another team
1: right he was with the giants when i was like in high school and i think when by the time i was drafted he was full-time with the tigers
0: okay so was it pretty much a given that you were going to be a baseball player because of your dad's job when you were younger
1: um. No, I played uh, pop popular football until high school and baseball. And once I got to high school, my dad was like, "You should just focus on baseball year round," and uh, and that's what I did. And he, I was literally playing every day, traveling, playing probably three different teams, and probably by my sophomore year, I mean I wasn't a like catcher until my senior year, but um, I knew I had the skills, the arm strength, and the bat speed, maybe I can do something, but you never know whether you're going to be how high we're going to go in the draft or where you're going to go to college. I mean, you just got to keep improving every year. And, uh, you know, switching positions my senior year really made a, a big difference. And who guided um, – was that
0: your dad guiding you on that? Was that a coach or was that
1: your, oh yeah, your my dad. Decision? I mean, I was trying to be a shortstop. You know, he had these track lessons I was trying to – you know, going to the local college with his track coach and running hills and trying to get my sixty time down and I just couldn't get it below seven. I think seven flat was my best sixty right? time, so he was like, uh, you're not gonna be a shortstop. You may you might be able to be a third baseman or a first baseman or maybe an outfielder, but then you really have to hit get a lot of home runs. So I had the arm strength for catching. And so I made the transition, you know, that senior year and I had caught before, so you know, it was really the only position I felt that was, you know, the quickest way to the major leagues, which everyone told me, all the scouts said, you know, catching, shortstop, center fielder, and pitching are really the, the spots you want to be in. Um, but – And it just worked out.
3: How exciting was it, Levy? I mean, here you are, you're a senior in high school. Like, John and I can't even imagine this, but, you know, you're a senior in high school and you're talking about scouts and, you know, you know you're going to be drafted. And, you know, how how exciting a time was that for you when when you were a senior in high school knowing that you were, you know, hoping you were going to get drafted or knowing you were going to get drafted?
1: Right. It was – I mean, we had a great uh, team my senior year in high school. I think we were, were like, rated number one in the nation at the time and we – we just had a lot of kids on the team, that I, you know, guys that I grew up with from little league on up, and it was just a special team. And uh, you know, at that time, there were scouts coming to, you know, so many games. I mean, you saw, you know, twenty to fifty scouts at every game. In today's day, it's totally different. They have all these tryouts now, so really, like you go to all these tryouts, and that's where you see the scouts. You don't see as many scouts at high school games or college games like we used to. But mm. um, yeah, it was more. I never knew like, you know, where I was going to get drafted or what team or, I mean, you really don't know, you know, until the very end, whether you're going to be drafted high enough. I knew if I was drafted in the first two rounds, I would probably sign. It's just that opportunity they give you. And, um, you know, I went to the colleges too. I went on recruiting trips to uh, Texas A&M, Arizona State, U of A, and Cal Berkeley were my four trips I went on. So that was that was kind of exciting too, just kind of checking out different colleges. And, yeah, where, um, where do you
0: think you would have gone if you if you didn't go the um, baseball route?
1: You no, went- I, I signed to Arizona State. I just love the campus there, the girls, um, the <laughs> facilities. Texas a and recruited me hard, it was, it was just not, you know, my type of school, especially coming from Southern California. Just um, beautiful facilities. I mean, great team, great coach, but it was just. I signed Arizona State knowing, like, God, this is, like, almost like a mini Southern California. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, once I was drafted, though, I knew that that wasn't going to play. Yeah,
3: especially third overall. And I have to ask you about a game you had in high school. You hit a a solo home run, a a two-run shot, you hit four home runs, and one was a solo, one was a two-run home three run, another run, three-run homer, and a grand slam. Right. And, and I guess the story, when I was reading it, Mike, it, it said, like, after the grand slam, that was your third home run. You came out and you actually curtain call, which you don't see that too often in high school, huh, John? And then, But then you came back and hit the fourth home run. Like, how, were, were there scouts at that game? I mean, I got to think, if, if there's a scout sitting in the – crowd at that game they're signing you know, right you know, I don't that think day. there was
1: many we were supposed <laughs> to get rained out because it was oh. pouring rain like up until oh. 10 minutes before game time and yeah we were supposed to get rained out and hopefully we played but like I said my senior year we were rated really high we had a lot of like just um, student body at our games like we must have had like a thousand at least a hmm. thousand kids that would just show up to baseball games and just watch us play huh. so that was pretty cool um yeah, I was just kind of uh, you know one of those games, and I'm glad it's on the back of my rookie card where I can still show everybody today that <laughs> it really happened. It's only a kick, pressure. a jump, a block.
3: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
0: Nice. All right, so then you're 17 years old. As, as Tom mentioned, you get drafted in the first round, third overall uh, by the Phillies. What was going through your head, A, have you ever been to Philadelphia? B, what did you know about the team, the organization? C, what were your thoughts, again, in general, uh, when you got drafted by the Phillies?
1: Um, well, A, I, I knew the Phillies weren't very good. I really didn't know much about the team except for Mike Schmidt. and I, I, You know, um, and... Yeah, and also I hated the maroon colors. Was like, geez, <laughs> ugliest colors in the league. Well, on? we
3: changed those in 1992. So did you complain? Is that why we <laughs> changed the color in 92? <laughs> I don't
1: know. But I, just, that's all. I remember when I was drafted by the Phillies. I was just like, oh, God, they're horrible. I hate the colors. <laughs> and I only know Mike Schmidt. That's like, and you've never been to Philadelphia? You know, was, <laughs> no, never. I mean, the, really the only team I have followed the Dodgers, my dad had season tickets when so I was like eight years old for about four years. So, you know, Ron Say, Steve Garvey, uh, Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs was my favorite player. So I really only knew basically the Dodgers. Um, you know, I knew a lot of Cardinals players, I think. Was, they were really popular then with Ozzie Smith. But um, yeah, it was really the only team I followed. Did you know it wasn't that? Like today, where you can have an MLB package and watch like uh, 12 yeah, right. different teams at the same
0: time. Mike, did you know that Steve Sachs has a uh, instrumental role? Uh, uh, with the Fanatic, right? They has a big tie-in with the Fanatic.
3: That's true. Tom, can you tell Libby the uh, story here? That is true. Well, when you were talking about all your favorite players, John and I were making faces like, oh, yeah, great. Steve Garvey, Ron say, you know, these guys we hated growing up. So it's funny. Right. You're opposite. Uh, but, yeah, Steve Sachs. Right. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that story. But, uh, you know, sort of. And the Fanatic always had their long-running feud and uh the Fanatic's best friend at the time was dave raymond and he got steve Sachs to steal Timeless lasorda's jersey so he could put the jersey on the dummy that the Fanatic <laughs> used to beat the heck out
2: of and Las-
3: right and lasorda was not happy and he's like who gave him that jersey and and nobody uh nobody would admit like, but i don't think steve Sachs. did steve sax ever come clean to tim so lasorda
0: no i don't you think he probably so. never did right <laughs>
1: So
3: yeah,
0: Steven. Did he
1: come out of the dugout trying to get the jersey from? Him? Oh yeah,
0: yeah,
3: oh yeah. He
0: smacked him over the head. Okay, didn't, okay. Did he? Did he beat the fanatic? Like he take did. the take the dummy and slam it over oh, his yeah. head?
3: Oh yeah. Long running feud, Lasorda and the fanatic. Long. Oh, okay, I kind of I remember that.
0: Hey, Levy. I was in a car one time. We we honored Tommy. I forget what it was that the vet we honored honored Tommy, and I had to take him around to radio stations to promote. You know, whatever night we were doing with Tommy Lasorda, and. You know, so now after the third radio station, I've now been with him for about you know a couple hours. You know, we're starting to you know get to know each other, and I said, I, I, I said, uh, "Hey, uh, Tommy, let me ask you a question. Was um, did you really like? Was that an act, or did you really not like the fanatic?" He starts, he answers the question, starts answering the question very slowly. And then all of a sudden he starts picking up and all of a sudden he starts, next thing you know, he's out, and he's mad and he's red in the face (laughs) and I can't turn off the spigot. I'm trying to like, all right, how do I, like he was like, he's not good for children and he does this and blah, 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 blah,
1: blah, blah. (laughs) Oh my God. He had a serious beef with a fanatic. That is classic.
3: Yeah. I saw firsthand that it real was, it really was
0: real.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that just made it more entertaining than every time you guys.
3: Exactly, talking. just watching Tommy uh, just you know, you know, right. just go nuts was always part of the fun. Well, and the you fanatic know? would
0: you know would would follow him, especially when he did the Nutra System. Oh, he would yeah. follow him, and I guess right. he, you know Tommy had the pigeon-toed walk, right? Oh yeah. And the fanatic would imitate him with his belly out, and then finally right. Lasorda saw that, and then finally he wouldn't take the lineup card out anymore. No, yeah, yeah. Right? He, he had one of his head. coaches oh, my do God. it.
3: God. Yeah, he throw balls that at the fanatic. Great fun stuff fun stuff lady i you know i get back to uh you know when you started you debuted in 94 and that's really interesting time i think in philly's history there because you know you said yeah when you were drafted in 90 the team wasn't wasn't great but then all of a sudden this great season in 93 right. you're uh, you make your debut in 94 um you know, uh, Dutch, you know, I guess was he uh, a guy who you leaned on uh, in terms of, uh, you know, some guidance and, and pointers?
1: <laughs> yeah, I really didn't see him too much. I mean, the only time I was really around, you know, like the 93 club was in spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was really like just keep your mouth shut. And, I mean, the personalities on that team, just being around, like, you know, Crook and Mariana Duncan. Was, Duncan was a huge – I used to watch him. Like I said, when my dad had season tickets for the Dodgers, he was a short, shortstop for the Dodgers for years. And I'm like, wait a second. Am I really on the field with Mariano Duncan? Nice. And, you know, that was, like, kind of special for me. And, uh, yeah, so those guys I really didn't hang out with too much because I was we just 93 in spring training here and there. And uh, when I got called up, it was halfway through the 94 season when Darren, I think he broke his collarbone um, halfway through the year on a – in uh, in between the innings pitch in the dirt by Toby Borland, I think it was. Mm. Wow. Toby came up, through a ball in the dirt, hit him in the collarbone, and Lee Thomas called me up like that night I'm in Rochester, New York. It was after a game and he's like, Lee, I need you? Darren broke his collarbone and we need you up on uh, you're not gonna play tomorrow. We're playing the Pirates, but we're going to LA to, you know on our trip to see the Dodgers. Uh, the next day, so you'll be playing the first game in L.A. And I was like, what?
2: Wow.
1: Oh, my God. I can't eat. Couldn't eat for like two weeks. Wow. Well, that's <laughs> like 60 tickets the first game I played. <laughs> but, you know, I got my first hit that game off Pedro and was cool. We got that hit out of the way. And, um, yeah, it was just uh, its like a memory that, you know, seems like it was yesterday. But. It was just great. And then, and then the next year, I came up the same way. I came up halfway through the season. I think Darren tore his knee ligaments, uh, off, like leading off second base or something. And I came up the same way. I came up halfway through the season, and the Phillies were playing the Dodgers again. I was like, leave uh I know it's second year in a row, but we're going to L.A. tomorrow. So that was
0: pretty crazy. So, so you never row, really had the opportunity up. to pick Darren's brain because obviously you kept replacing yeah, him. Yeah,
1: because right? he was hurt. And then when I came up, yeah, he was rehabbing, and I really wasn't around him too much.
3: Yeah, and then in 97, you know, he goes to Florida. But that really was your first uh, year of, uh, you know, full-time, right. correct?
1: Yep. Full-time, yeah. 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 And I, I think 96, Santiago was there. and Yeah, yeah. Was
3: it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so he back one season in San Diego in '96. Yep. And
0: so. You know what I find interesting too in someone's career, like you know, the, you had such a long career that you know all the managers you played for. So you played for Fergosi when you first came in, which was you know you had the old school Jim Fergosi mm-hmm. and Johnny Padres and all these guys, and then then you go, I guess Terry Francona, right? And then uh, right. Then Larry Boa, and then I guess you got the, right. the tail end of your career. You got Charlie Manuel
1: and Charlie Manuel, right? right. And, then, and
0: then and then the Dodgers. Who was your manager of the Dodgers? in the one year you played there,
1: uh, Grady Little.
0: Grady Little, right? So you had, right. you, you had a lot of old school guys, mm-hmm. and that with a with a young guy thrown in there, Terry Francona's first opportunity. What what were playing for some of those guys like?
1: Yeah, everyone was so different. I mean, I, you know, Bogosy was kind of like, uh, he's kind of like a Larry Boa. He was a high octane personality guy, um, and so was Larry, and getting. Two different with Terry Francona and Charlie Manuel, like two opposite sides of the spectrum.
2: Right.
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, I enjoy playing with all my managers and I learned a lot from all of them differently. Um, I guess that's just the way, you know, in sports, especially with guys switching teams so much in these days. I mean, I was lucky enough to cover the Phillies for so long. I mean, normally you might be with one manager for eight to ten years. Mm. Um, but in today's day, it's just like, it seems like guys have a new manager every year almost, you know, guys switch up. But I I feel like most managers are just, you know, you really want to be a player manager. There's not too many guys that are burning bridges with players anymore. I I think everybody's pretty much on the same page. um, You know, it's all about winning. And it's just, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's a different era in baseball now than it was before.
3: Yeah, well, you had 13 years with the Phillies, you know, and it's it's that period, Mike, you know, it's been talked about before, you know, from 1994 to 2006 was, you know, the stretch you were in, and it just so happened, uh, you know, the Phillies did not make the playoffs in that stretch, but... You know, you had that right. nucleus, you know, of players. Um, you know, it was Doug Glanville, Scott Rowland. It was Wolfie. It was uh, Pat. You know, Bobby Abreu comes into the mix. Kirk like um, Schilling for a lot of these years. Yep, Schilling. Right. Rico Bronia, Rico. Marlon Anderson. You like, know that. Rex Hudler.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we have a lot of fun players.
3: Yeah, f- fun players. And then I'm just like, you know. That, that was the nucleus, and, like, uh, you know, you guys were together for a number of years. You know, I, it must have been frustrating, um, you know, I guess, each year. Would, would you talk about it, though? Like, hey, you know, this is the year, you know, if they make this move, they make that move. Uh, bring in, you know, somebody here, uh, you know, it's going to improve your chances. But would, would, it, would there be, like, a collective frustration uh, with that core group, you know, after a few years of uh, not making the playoffs?
1: um i think well anytime you play in philadelphia i mean you mm. you're expected to to win i mean even though we had a couple years of growth where maybe we weren't expected to win but it's tough when you do play in philly and you you know you're not producing that's why you had i had so many managers i mean you don't win in philadelphia they're going to change managers you know pretty much every year it's just uh you know it's part of the game but um, yeah, I just think we were maybe lacking in the on the pitching side, and you know, if you remember, obviously the Braves won ten years in a row. I mean, they had a dynasty with their pitching staff, so it was really a tough time having one team that was so dominant for ten years. Um, you know, we came close maybe a few years, but it's just uh, you know, people. I don't think people just remember like you know, just the Braves were literally won the division I think ten years in a row.
0: Well, let's talk about 1999, which was uh, your first year you made the All Star team, and f- phenomenal year. I mean, you hit 31 home runs, you had 96 RBI, uh, you hit 300, you won the Gold Glove. I mean, there's not much more you could you could really do. Uh, talk about that year. Why? You know, what did you see that year coming?
1: Um, I think I was healthy. I think I hit 20 home runs. I think it was in 97. And then 98, I think I was plagued by an injury. I only played maybe three quarters a year. I don't have that many at-bats. I can't remember what injury I had in 98. But then 99 was just – I felt great. I was healthy the whole year. I think I played like 130-some games catching, and it was just, you know, it was just one of those years. I felt like my whole career I always had something, you know, with a knee problem or torn – abdominal or it just felt like there was always like some kind of injury plaguing me at some point, but it just felt like I felt the strongest and I felt the healthiest. And it was just, you know, one of those years where you just feel great.
0: Well, you joined Johnny bench, Lance Parrish and Pudge as the only catchers that have hit 30 home runs the same season while winning the gold glove. You also became the eighth major league catcher to bat 300 and hit 30 home runs in the same season. And you also became the first Philly to bat 300 and hit 30 home runs since the bull. The ball. 1977.
2: How
1: about that, so. lady Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> that's, good here. That's, that's what I keep telling all my golf friends, uh, you know, the course. I forget. You know, they tell me, Jesus, you look terrible, Lee. I mean, you could barely walk your ball. I'm like, that's it.
2: <laughs> this
1: body's a lot older than I look from the outside. Well, especially as a catcher, I, man. I
0: mean, you got. I don't, great. You, you can I thank so Bernie Williams for a lot of that, right?
1: I mean, exactly. I ain't even talking about the golf cart injuries that I've had over the last year.
3: <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week.
0: We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a
3: Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, one of the great calls of all time from Harry Callis was uh, the, the game, Leeby, where you had the, the pinch hit home run. Um, it was in 98. And we're losing seven one right. to the Pirates going into the ninth inning, and uh, we wound up winning eight seven on your three run home run. Do you you remember the uh, circumstances of that game?
1: Oh yeah, I mean I know it was my off day. I wasn't. I think I maybe caught maybe a week or two weeks straight. So it was my off day and we were losing what it was seven to two, seven to one, or and it was hey. a rain, big rain delay. So I, I just went inside and got my workout in. I'm pumping weights knowing you know, like if this game's over, they're going to call it or, you know, it's not coming come into the game, might as well get to work on it. Sure enough, we come back on the field. I don't know what time it was, midnight or whatever. And yeah. we only had to play like two innings, I think. And um, so I'm just, you know, sitting in the clubhouse waiting. We get a rally and, you know, they use one pinch hitter, another pinch hitter. And there's only like maybe one or two guys on the bench. So I'm like, oh, God. You know, so I wind up getting a bat. I'm sitting on the bench. Next thing you know, it's like, you know, you're our last guy. So <laughs> get ready. You're probably third in the hole. Next thing you know, I'm on deck. And then I know I'm going to probably get a chance to hit. I think there was two outs or something. I forget who was in front of me. Maybe Kevin Jordan got on. And it was like, yeah, and I hit the home run. There was only like 50 fans left. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> like there were so 50 excited flying, they're fans. all above the dugout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like waving to him, like pumping my fist like there's fifty thousand people on the stand.
0: Hey let's go to another game when this is another tie in with a fanatic. On April twenty seventh, two thousand and three, yes. you caught Kevin Millwood. It was a fanatic's birthday,
3: right? It was fanatic's birthday. Well, well, the headline is oh, it was was it? the Philly Fanatics' birthday, and then it just so happened that Millwood threw a no hitter. That was kind of the um, sub, the, the awesome. you know the, the other story. But yeah, that game. Yeah, so and you caught that. So talk about that. What Absolutely. Was,
0: you know, do, do, do catcher? Do you get nervous uh, when when because it's not really nothing you can control. It's basically you know the pitcher when he's getting closer to no hitter. Are you feeling that as a catcher? Like there's pressure on you to call the right pitch because you don't want to no, blow, blow a no
1: hitter. Of hmm. course, the last couple. of innings, it's like, you know, you put in one, uh, two, uh, one, I don't know. (laughs) You know, you're like uh, you don't want to make that mistake calling an off pitch, but I mean if you look at that game, Millwood was unbelievable with that fastball command and he always had that comeback fastball that would start at like a left-handed hitting hitter's hip and then come back for a strike on the inside corner. Mm. And when he had that working, it was an unbelievable pitch. And he had it the whole game and it was just, you know, it was my only no hitter, so it's, you know, it's pretty exciting. I was very nerve wracking. Maybe if it was my fourth no hitter catch, I just, you know, I probably wouldn't be as nervous. But, um, yeah, that was a special day.
3: And John Brazier, can you name the guy who made the last out for the, um, uh, who who, who had the last put out? Do you remember what it was? The last put out for the Phillies? Yeah, you know how the game ended. Yeah. Who made that
0: last? Well, I always feel like it's a third baseman that makes no, the last out. No, no. Hey, uh, Libby, do you remember?
1: I mean, it had to have been a ground ball. Because no. didn't tell me
2: it to, No?
3: No, as far as how, how I remember it, wasn't it Ricky
2: Leday oh. out oh, in the center? Oh, right. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's he awesome.
3: ran down a ball in center field and made the last out. Huh. Absolutely. Did not know that. Ricky Leday. but I love it cuz uh, they interviewed Millwood after the game and LA did. LA's on the field with Millwood and he's like, "So Kevin, you know, are you not not congratulations on your uh, no-hitter." He's like, "Do you feel bad that you kind of stole the Fanatics Thunder <laughs> today? It was his birthday and here you are Good. throwing a no-hitter." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's funny. What what was that date? Uh April
3: 27th,
0: 2003. Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay, and April twenty-seven.
3: And then the next season, maybe we're opening up Citizens Bank Park. How cool was it to uh, be part of that?
1: Oh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Just for the whole, uh, you know, the construction of the park, where home plate's going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a, you know, two-year process, three-year process to where, you know, you know, you're standing at where home plate is today and there's no stands. It's just all dirt, but they know that this is where home plate's going to be, too. You know, to the final product, which is unbelievable. And uh I still believe that they you know, Philadelphia's ballpark still has the best food of any ballpark around. Nice, agreed. Still amazes me. <laughs> yeah,
2: they don't have sushi yeah, I mean, they like they out put in, in LA. Like two right? new
1: stadiums. <laughs> they just put in like the you know, the new Raiders stadium and the Rams, uh Sofi and the food is terrible. Mm. It's like how do you have this terrible food at you know brand new state of the art Stadiums and it's just they got to step up their game on that part.
0: Hey, Levy, too. We were we were trying to think now. Obviously, your era was the the big fan group era. You had Padilla's Flotilla, and you had you know you had all kinds of ones. Burl's Girls, what, Libby. What was I know you had one, but was it Libby's Ladies? What, what what was it? Libby's Ladies. Libby's yeah. Ladies. There, there, I you mean, there wasn't
1: that many of them. There was probably about you know maybe 15, 20. <laughs> well, You know, I didn't get a ballpark sized ladies, but it was.
0: Sal's you know, pals. it was kind of
1: nice. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, you know, kind of laughing give me a hard time from the dugout. There's ladies ladies, <laughs> upper deck. What was your favorite <laughs> of the fan center. groups? They were like left center, upper deck.
0: <laughs> what,
3: what was your favorite of the fan groups?
1: Uh Wolfie was yeah, the well, back. Yeah, that's wow, the, they, that, they that, that was the original the Wolfpack. The wolf
3: they were dedicated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were. That was pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> and then also, uh, if you remember, you had – Two great giveaways. I'm sure you had more, but the two I remember, you had, uh, if you remember, the Bammer Bear. Bammer Bears were big back then. They were like these little, oh, yeah. you know, it's almost like a little beanbag yeah, type thing, yeah, like right? A beanie baby yep. kind of beanie thing. Beanie baby type. Yes. And it was red, if I remember yep. correctly, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, and the other one, I remember I was talking to Scott Braniff today that uh, he said that your bobblehead doll was the first bobblehead doll to have a removable catcher's mask.
3: The
1: mask came off. Yep. Oh, really?
3: Yep.
0: First one, you you made history there.
1: Yeah, oh but, nice. Yeah, yeah but, that that one's actually in Dodger Stadium. They have like right when you walk in, they have probably every bobblehead, baseball bobblehead, you know, behind glass. So I always take my kids. I'm like, guys, did you find dad's bobblehead? And I just go <laughs> right to it now. And exactly it
3: well, you're you're forgetting the most famous bobblehead in and that is your Scranton Wilkesbury Red Baron bobbinhead doll that they actually had a giveaway when Libby was on the on the team is featured in, in the, the office. office. Yeah, in the office. Yeah, um, certain scenes. Yeah, what's the guy's name? Uh, I know.
1: How did I not get any residuals from that? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm still owed a little money.
3: So you've seen it? Like, yeah. do you like if you if you watch The Office, have you seen it?
1: Oh yeah, the classic episode when they clean Dwight's desk off every piece. You know, that's on his desk and it winds up in the vending machine. And then they have, like, the camera rolled to the vending machine, like, each little individual item. And there's my bobblehead <laughs> in, the, you know, in the vending uh. machine. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, classic! I love showing my friends that.
0: Well, but you were you, you. I you must have your SAG card because I know you were. Uh, you appeared in Summer Catch, yes. right? That movie. We all went to that premiere. Remember? Yes. Oh there was
3: yeah. Oh, card yeah. The
1: credits. when that the was, credits roll out. Yeah, Mike
3: him, we have a lot of questions about that. How was the ex- that experience? First of all,
1: it was in Cincinnati. It was really wow. quick. It was you know it was nice to meet Freddie Prince Jr. at the time and. He actually had a pitching body double, well, he wasn't even really pitching. But, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., they used Doug Lambo, they used, and, um, Pat Burrell. It was just like a 20 minute skit right before our batting practice. And they were like, Yeah, can we just, you know, it won't take very long. And, uh, you know, you'll get like $6 residual checks every year. <laughs> right. you know, the theme doesn't come up until the credits roll at the very end, but.
3: <laughs> oh, so you met Freddie Prince but yeah, you, was... you didn't meet Jessica Biel.
1: No, oh, gosh, she was my favorite back then. Oh, I know. Too bad. I know it was. It was just a small part, but yeah, it's pretty funny. It's funny when you see my residual checks. From a, <laughs> it's like $1.83 every year. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well,
3: uh, I know you, how excited uh, and honored, I guess, were you? Um, well, I guess a couple times. But when you did retire, Libby, uh, in 2008, uh, whose idea was it to have you sign a one-day contract with the Phillies so you could retire a Philly?
1: Um, I believe David Montgomery is the one who called me mm-hmm. to – you know sign that one contract come in for the day um you know it's great i think a lot of teams have done it over the last you know 10 20 years and it's just, uh you know it's a special way to kind of end your career and you know i was there for a long time and you know philly's where my heart is you know and especially you know in sports and it's just uh i still follow all the teams whether it's basketball or football and, mm. um yeah it was just a special day
3: uh, and who decided that that contract was worth four dollars? Like, where, where do you come up with four dollars? I have no idea. <laughs> Did you ever get the four dollars? I mean, does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, yeah. I, I never understood that either. But four bucks,
1: right? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think I got the four dollars. Well, and
0: Libby, the other you know, the other big thing, obviously, 2012, you get inducted to the Phillies Wall yes. of Fame. You know, with all it was Steve Carlton. You mentioned Mike Schmidt you know, all the guys, Greg Lazinski talk about, you know, getting inducted into the Phillies Wall of Fame.
1: Oh, this is something that you'll perish forever. I mean, really to be mentioned with like all those names and players, it was just, uh, you know, just thinking about, you know, the history of the Phillies players that have come through there and, you know, the players that will be going on that wall in the future. Um, it's just awesome. It's awesome to be part of that weekend and, you you know, I've missed it for the last couple of years I think for I mean, with the whole COVID deal, so I've really haven't seen a lot of guys for a few years, but just to come back every year and see the same guys that you see, um that you kinda grew up with. Uh you know, to be a piece on that wall. I can't wait to take my kids. My kids really haven't been there. I mean Merrick, my oldest, was there when I retired and went on the wall but um they're all excited to kinda go back maybe this year and kind of check everything out and see what their dad did over the course of his career.
2: That's yeah, it's awesome,
3: and you know, John, we, Mike, one of the reasons we we love love you, Libby, is you're very uh, humble. But let's just remind people, you know, in Philly's catching history, uh, Libby is number one in hits, number one in doubles, number one in home runs, number one in RBIs, number one in batting average, number one in slugging percentage. So it's like it's kind of like the wall of fame was meant for you,
1: Leiby. You're you're right, you very know. lucky. Thank you, God, for giving me the ability to play baseball. Well, awesome.
3: (laughs) And uh, I do remember, I think it was your first time back when you were now kind of, con- you're, you're basically an old timer now, you know, you're once you're on the right. wall of fame. And I do remember the Fanatic having a little fun with you when they announced your name when you were coming out on the field. The Fanatic was, I think, walking like an old man just to, uh, you know, make you feel comfortable. <laughs> I know, it's unbelievable.
2: <laughs> it is hard to
3: believe, like you're an old timer at 40, you know, whatever you were, you know. 45 right. years old but
0: And and Mike you're pretty lucky too that you know being a starting catcher you never got the treatment from the fanatic which I don't know if you remember this the fanatic when he does the lineups um, whenever the backup catcher would fill in, usually on a Sunday or, you know, a day right. game after a night game when the backup catcher would come in, the fanatic, they'd do the whole lineup. Then when it comes to whoever it's – whether it's Todd Pratt or whether it's Sal Fasano or whoever's <laughs> a backup Fasano. quarterback he, or co- backup right. catcher, he, they, they'd say, catching, Todd Pratt. And then the fanatic would give, like, the hunched shoulders, like, what's uh, going on here? Yeah, where, where's, Dutch? Where, where's Dutch? Where's Dutch where's Liebier or where's, where's so-and-so? <laughs> See, he's very dis- fanatic. Is very disrespectful to the backup catchers. Yeah, but not the he Still do
1: that to the backup catchers. What's that? Does the fanatic still do that to the backup? Of catchers course. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh,
2: well, that
0: well is and t- I think if I remember correctly, Pratt got mad yeah, at the yeah. fanatic, right? Yeah.
3: Well, I think the fanatic was making fun of his big head too. Oh, uh, so yeah, well then, <laughs> right, he, right. Then he should be mad. There was a little bit of that right. too, but.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice Uh, it's all good. All right, uh, so, John, you, you got uh, Libby's uh, quiz? Yeah, Mike, I think I gave you a warning that you have a quiz. But actually, in this course of this conversation, you've already got one of the questions <laughs> right uh, because uh, you stole it from me. You so know you... the
1: last time I had a quiz? When is that, high
0: school? 1990. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> high you school. go. When
1: I was uh, in high school. Uh, well, this uh, is
0: easy. Quiz. And again, you're, you only need to get six out of eight. It's multiple choice. It's about your life. And, again, you're already one for one. So, Because my okay. my one question was going to be, you know, on June 30th, 1994, you had your first career hit against the Dodgers. Who was the pitcher? You're, you're, it was going to be either Chanho Park, Pedro Estacio, Tom <laughs> Candiotti, right. or Ramon uh, Martinez, and you obviously already said Pedro Estacio. You got one already. You're yeah. off right. to a good start, Levy. All right. You went there to, we go.
1: That was, a, that was a hard one.
0: You went to Westlake High School in California, right? Uh, which of these celebrities Great. did not go to Westlake High School? I'm going to name four people. Three of them went to Westlake. One did not. You got to tell me which one did not. Okay. A is Kobe yeah. Jones, former pro soccer player. He's in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. B is LPGA golfer Danielle Kang. C is Oral Hershiser. D is Christian Yelich. Who did not go to Westlake High School? <laughs>
1: Oral Hershiser. That is correct, because he is
0: actually from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So he played ice hockey. Uh, He played ice hockey with my older brother Drew. So there you have it. You are now. You are now two for two. All right. Your first minor league (laughs) team was the Martinsville Phillies, located in Martinsville, Virginia. Which of these four people was not a teammate? Okay, was not a teammate. Gary Bennett, Jim Buck, Lamar Foster, J.J. Munoz.
1: Buck was not.
0: Yes, because he was a Philly. Uh, yes, he was the owner of the team. So he was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had more important things to do. So you are yeah. you are now three for three. How Rolling about that? Right along. Jesus, all right, You have the most home runs of all time, as, as Tom alluded to earlier, of all Phillies catchers with 150. Who is second with 134? Is it Stan Lapata, Darren Dalton, Andy Semenik, or Chooch? Stan Lapata, Darren Dalton, Andy Semenik, or Carlos Ruiz? Hmm. It's
1: either Andy Semenik or Dalton.
0: Okay. Um,
1: you are, I, you are correcting your. Seminic.
0: No, it's Darren oh, Dalton. Dutch. All right. Oh, my. He had
1: 134?
0: 134. Yep, he did. All right. Wow. All right. Uh, all right. This, I, I thought you were going to get that one because he's got a little. Two of them are a little hard. You're a big golf sure. fan. We know you're a big golf fan. We talked to you uh, about golfing, and you follow golf. Which pairing, U.S. or Europe, uh, it could be either uh, the European team or U.S. team in the Ryder Cup, has played the most together in the Ryder Cup history? They've paired together 15 times in the Ryder Cup, okay? So mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to give you four different pairings. Which one has paired up 15 different times the most in Ryder mm-hmm. Cup history? Is it Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth? Is it Tom Kite and Curtis Strange? Is it Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, or is it Seve Ballesteros and Jose Maria Alathabo? Um,
1: say, say the grouping again.
0: Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth, Tom Kite and Curtis Strange, Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, and Seve Ballesteros and Jose Maria Alathabo, even though it's with a Z. I think they pronounce it Thabo. Wow. You can go to a lifeline, Tom Burgoyne, if you want. He doesn't know I'm the going, answers. I'm,
1: I'm going to the, the – well, I'm staying away from the old guys. I'm going with either um, the Stenson Rose or the Reed feet. Well,
0: unfortunately, it's Sevy and Jose Marie Elthable, yeah. Jesus,
1: old school. you're wrong on both. All right. Damn. All right. I would never get that.
0: All right. You only have uh, – let's see. Got to. He's got to go three for three. He's got to go three for three. All right. No, pr- uh, no pressure. You have the fifth most career home runs of any Jewish Major League Baseball player. Which player is not in front of you? Okay. Hank Greenberg, Sean Green, Brad Ausmus, or Al Rosen?
1: Brad Ausmus.
0: There you go. Bang. All right. back on track. Now you just need two in a row. Uh, Debbie Nacido, who just came into this office while we're talking, and, <laughs> and is hopefully not going to interrupt our podcast, uh, it's one of your favorite people. When you first uh, met her, I think you said to somebody, "Who's that crazy lady who works upstairs?" Right? <laughs> and, and you've since become great friends. Some things never changed. So, what is Debbie Nacido's middle name? Is it Angelina, Gabriella, Lucia, or Anne? So you got Angelina, first two again? Angelina, Gabriella, Lucia, or Anne? angelina <laughs> no it's oh. it's it's the american sounding one it's Anne. <laughs> it's Anne. Oh. Anne? <laughs> it's yeah. Anne. It's god <laughs> i didn't think it would be that boring debbie and Nacido, i threw you off giving you three italian names and then one whatever um all right oh my god so if you get this one we're gonna we're gonna call you a winner and Absolutely. you're gonna get a fanatic prize pack i and you was close
1: with angelina I mean, <laughs> yeah Ann, angelina.
2: that
0: is true that is true um but we're, all right, you got one last one, This and this is kind of a hard one. You can have a lifeline since you didn't use it with Burgoyne if you, if you need yeah. some help, okay? Your yeah. first All-Star game was in 1999. Of all the players in that game, there were 64 players, right? Starters and reserves, not coaches, right. just players. 64 players were in that All-Star game, 1999. How many wore a Phillies uniform, including yourself, at any point in their career, okay? Aye. So, So uh, – was it five? Was it 12? Was it 20? or was it eight? And again, you have a lifeline with Tom Burgoyne. Hmm. Five, 12, 20 or 8? I was It's pretty remarkable, I th- five, 12, 20 or eight? Yeah. players that at one point wore a Phillies uniform. I'm going to say 12. You don't even need a lifeline. You got it right, and you win the Phillies, 12. the Philly fanatic prize pack. Here are the players in that game. Oh that, my God! Here's the players in that game that wore you know with the jersey at one point. Yeah. Kurt Schilling, Lieby, obviously, Andy Ashby, Kurt Bottenfield, Paul Bird, Kevin Millwood, Billy Wagner, Kenny Lofton, Jim Tomy, Pedro Martinez, Jose Offerman. And Roberto Hernandez, wow, all those guys at one point yeah. wore Phillies uniform. That, that's
1: unbelievable, actually. Is that crazy? Yeah. Botenfield, that's a good one. That's a good. one. Well, and Offerman too. I, I,
0: I, I, I was going through the list and I said, I think he did play for the Phillies. I had to, I had to Google it and then huh. find out. So there you have it.
1: Wow. All right, there it well. is. Well, Just to let you know, Debbie's, you're gonna have the. Debbie's gonna be. You're gonna have the wrath. Of, yeah, you're gonna
0: have the wrath of Debbie Nacido uh, <laughs> next time you see her. So. How do you
1: not know it then.
3: <laughs> it's <a> good impersonation. <laughs> Sounds just like her. I'm like, I've never seen your driver's license.
2: <laughs> you J-O. out. <laughs> <laughs> you jag out. Oh
3: well Libby, uh totally appreciate you uh spending time with us. It was kind of fun going back and uh talking about your career. Uh you know, hopefully we're gonna see you soon uh you know this season back in town or wherever. I'm sure we'll see you. See you again soon.
1: Yeah, I love talking to you guys anytime. All
3: right, Levy. really Hopefully appreciate
1: we'll
3: see it. you. Yep. yep. Sooner than later. We'll
1: see you in a few weeks, bud. All right. All right. Sounds, Sounds good. good.
3: Thanks, yeah. Levy. See ya. Yeah,
1: good boy. There he
3: was, John Mike Lieberthal. We uh we love that guy. You know
0: what? There's certain guys, obviously, every guy we have on the I podcast, know. we we They're we all picked good. him because yes. we had a personal relationship with him and but, you know, someone like Levy is is someone like Randy Wolf as well where you know, we were both young in our career. Mm-hmm. For me, I started in '94, you started earlier. So it's someone that, you know, you kind of grew up with almost, or, 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 you know, not grew up with, you, you worked with in your career. Yeah. And yeah. saw him through, and then you see him as alumni, which is kind of funny, funny. You're still here. Yeah, it makes you feel old. alumni. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, no. and then we just talked about Levi's turning 50, and, you know, he's approaching our age. Yeah. So, no, um, it's 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 awesome and I think it you know we had
3: you have to give his stats too, right? John? Right. I mean, well, when he you said know, that
0: all those stats right there, first in slugging percentage, first yeah, in RBIs home runs and RBI, double, and, you know, right. average. Yeah, it's, it just said he just and I think a lot of it's that he didn't play in the playoffs. Yes. So, you know, he didn't have the glory that the national audience and then, you know, people from here you know, he wasn't on that '93 team. He wasn't yeah. on the 2000, even the '17 that made the playoffs, or 2018 that obviously won it. So, uh, yes, I think he's very underrated, and obviously, it was well deserved when he got the wall. Of Absolutely, game and, and just
3: even that core group of guys. You know, if, 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 you know, they didn't make the playoffs, and it's like you, you, you forget about. It. How good some of those guys were, yep. you know, and Leby's perfect example. So and, and a great and, guy and
0: as too. he mentioned, he had a lot of injuries. I
3: mean, yes, he did. You know, I mean, yeah. he
0: really did. I mean, he had the you know when he collided with Bernie Williams, yep. right? He had an uh, ankle injury. That one when
3: he's on first base, he wiped you know his ACL, yep. and, ACL
0: and MCL, MCL. and cartilage. Yep. Uh he had a, uh, removed a burn spur, a bone spur in his right elbow, groin. Yep, I mean, just a lot of things. And think about you know that how many it. surgeries Dutch had. Yeah. When you're a catcher, you've got you're going through the the ringer, right, yeah. with, the, with all the surgeries. So. You know, it, it, he had all the stats, to, you know, with, withstanding all that.
3: Yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, great having Libby, John, we'll have to do this again sometime soon, all right? I think
0: we'll do it in a couple of weeks.
3: All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you next time on Philly's Backstage. Yeah.